One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The biggest breaking news stories, an outspoken opinion. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. Good morning to you. It's Wednesday the 21st of June. You're watching Breakfast with me, Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk. Coming up, banging sounds have been detected in the search for the missing Titanic sub, but the five people on board now having as little as 24 hours before their oxygen runs out. Meanwhile, former Chief Medical Officer Professor Dame Sally Davis has told the COVID inquiry that lockdown damaged a generation of children and she apologised to families bereaved by the pandemic. Uh, number 10 has also told teachers they must intervene to stop children identifying as cats and everything else at a, as a school at the centre of the row over pupils identifying as animals faces a government investigation and quite right too. The time right now is 6.33. This is Talk Breakfast. Uh, well, good morning to you. Thank you very much indeed for your company. I can't think actually this morning which is sort of more unbelievable if someone told me a year ago um, that we would be having children identifying as cats at schools and teachers thinking that was perfectly normal and fine and not saying, shut up, you're a, you're a human being, not a cat. As much as five people paying $250,000 each, um, including one man paying for his 19-year-old son to join him in a tiny little 21-foot submersible to go 3,800 feet below sea level um, when they've had to sign a waiver form that includes the word death as a risk three times. But that is a situation we're in. There's no doubt at all. The story is still leading the news at the moment is uh, this hunt for the Titanic submersible. Um, uh, this is Titan. Uh, at, uh, as of seven o'clock this morning, in just half an hour's time, there will be 27 hours of air left. Best case scenario for those five men on board, including three British nationals. Um, now, the breaking news this morning is that banging noises have been heard. Let's put on screen, if you're watching on TV uh, rather than just listening on talk radio, there's a tweet from the US Coast Guard's Northeast Command confirming 
uh, reports that had come out overnight from various American and Canadian broadcasters uh, that reports of sounds had been detected by a Canadian search plane. And they add that the Canadian's aircraft data has been shared with the U.S. Navy. Now, USCG Northeast, this is U.S. Coast Guard's Northeast Command, uh, tweeted, Canadian P-3 aircraft detected underwater noises in the search area. As a result, ROV, that's Remote Operated Vehicle Operations, were relocated in an attempt to explore the origin of the noises. Those ROV searches have yielded negative results but continue. Additionally, they add in a second tweet, the data from the P-3 aircraft has been shared with our US Navy experts for further analysis, which will be considered in future search plans. But this is the first, frankly, hopeful sound of any, well, signs of any signs of life and any chance of finding this sub, since it went missing in the early hours of Sunday morning. Um, with 96 hours of oxygen uh, believed to be available to the five men on board. And as, as I say, those hours rapidly running out. I'd love to hear from you this morning. Do get in touch. You can tweet me at Talk TV. You can text the word talk, then your message to 8722. And of course, you can always call me as well. 0344 499 As rescuers searching for the missing Titanic sub have heard banging sounds, which could be a sound of life. Just wondering what your reaction is. Really, to the whole story. What is your reaction? Get in touch. I know a lot of you already have been, so let's ask the question about the stuff we're actually talking about. Do you get in touch? Give me a call. 0344-499-1000. is the time. Let me introduce you to uh, our guest in the studio this morning, Benedict Spence, who's a Conservative commentator and now will become an expert on submersibles, as we've all had to do this week. Um, this is an incredible story. Waking up mm. this morning to the news that some you know, banging sounds, basically every 30 minutes a banging sound has been heard. They investigated, they looked at it for... It, it did continue. This is the first even vague, vague bit of hope that we've had that, that these, someone inside that sub is still alive. Yes, um, we still obviously don't know if it's even them, but, you know, just to hear something, um, I suppose, uh, is, it gives you a bit of motivation if you're part of the search team, you know, because, yeah. of course, the size of the area that they're, um, they're searching, I think, is the same size as the US state of Connecticut. It's huge. Uh, that this thing could be. And so you really are needle in a haystack, isn't you know, putting it you know, quite lightly, given that it is the sea, it is a constantly yeah. moving mass. Um, and so to, to get any kind of indication that anything at all down there could be uh, you know, mobile, creating noise, anything could be moving, then that is, I suppose, something to go on. But as you say, really short time frame now, you know, and not a lot of hope in that well, sense. Well, listen, we know, you know, 4am the sub went down, an hour and 45 minutes into the journey, it was supposed to be mm. an eight hour journey, they carried 96 hours worth of air, um, they lost touch, they have these 15 minutes sort of sonar pulses, this effectively really sort of text messages to all intents and purposes that go back mm. up to the surface ship uh, from the submersible and they were, they were, they were stopped. Um, a search went out and then within, I think, I think within a few hours, uh, the, uh, the you know, alarm was raised. But of course, we are looking at, as you say, a huge area. We're looking for a 21-foot sub that was pretty much above the Titanic. That's the latest information. Mm. So, you know, 3,800 or somewhere around that feet below sea level. 370 miles from shore. Conditions are bad, mm. and um, and and the, the, the view that seems, seems to be that they will have lost. Um, power. Mm. Now, if they've lost power, then you've got some serious concerns about the oxygen supply and the ability to sort of to remove, you know, the no noxious fumes and the like. And 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 so many. I mean, lots of the papers today are just full of, you know, different ways 
tragically, the, these men could die. Mm. The thing is, you know, it involves we've got a, we've got a, a British billionaire, we've got a Pakistani billionaire, um, sort of multimillionaire, and his son, just 19 years old. Mm. But they're both British citizens. We've got the man who who's the chief executive of OceanGate, the company that runs this, and we've got a, a long-standing, experienced French um, explorer. At the end of the day, though, lots of focus now is on the search, which is going on in the air, on the sea surface and underneath. Mm. We've got huge, I mean, US Coast Guard, uh, Canadian Coast Guard, pretty much every sort of you know pr private company involved in anything to do with this has sort of trying to race to the scene. Mm. Um, but we spoke to two experts yesterday, uh, a former NATO sub-commander and a former uh, uh, Rear Admiral in the, in the British Navy. We're going to speak to both those guests again, incredibly knowledgeable guests. Um, and But they both gave us very little hope, frankly, that A, the sub would be found, mm. and B, if it was found and it wasn't on the surface, that there was a chance of actually getting it out of, if it's that deep, yes. getting it out of the ocean. Yeah, well, I mean, it's just... It needs. It does need saying that there's not a lot of um, incentive to create the technology required to re recover these sorts of things from the ocean because it just doesn't happen that frequently. Or if it does, it's the sort of thing that national, you know, governments don't necessarily want people to know about. We saw that in the case when the Russian submarine a few yeah. years ago went under. There was a big kind of well, actually, you know, people could try and help, but the government just said, well, we don't want that. But, and the, this but is Chris, the thing. there's a very big difference between a big sub where you yeah. can latch on and has it hatched. This doesn't have. This that. is well, exactly. This is a tiny little thing where you know the the. Theoretically, it might be easier to to pull up, but as you say, no sort of no design for it to be gripped onto, and far harder to locate and even you know, attach things onto in the first place. Especially given uh, that the people inside have absolutely sort of no way of communicating yeah. or directing people from the. That's the thing. Yeah. You know, a large submarine, at the very least, often has a way of you know very rudimentary communication. Mm. This doesn't even have that. I mean, this is the thing. Lots of questions are being raised right now about the mm. safety of this sub. Um, you know, it's a, it's for instance, you know, it's not made of metal, so therefore it's much harder to find with yes, sonar pulses and the like. Um, it, it had all these devices where you could you could measure in real time um, the, the stress on the hull. I'm thinking you, you shouldn't <laughs> need to do that. I mean, we know them. There've been interviews with, I mean, some fascinating interviews coming out with people who who've, who've done this journey and, and had concerns about you know losing contact with the surface before. Mm. Uh, um, and people, you know, headline in the uh, in the Sun, you know, twenty two trapped in twenty two foot two. Um, the Sun has spoken to Chris Brown, a British man who dropped out of this this particular trip. He mm. paid the deposit and they went, I'll have my money back, please. He'd been due on it because he had fears about the operators. He um, he was concerned about the quality of technology and the materials used. Um, he paid a deposit to join the dive um, and uh, and he basically said he was concerned that the craft was controlled by a gaming console device, which is mm. effectively what it is. Um, and he had an ease about technical issues and delays, which left him questioning whether or not the firm was cutting corners. He said, I found out they used old scaffolding poles for the sub's ballast and its controls were based on computer game style controllers. If you're trying to build your own submarine, you could probably use old scaffold poles, but this was a commercial craft. Eventually, I emailed them and said, I'm no longer able to go on this thing. I asked for a refund after becoming less than convinced. And this is the thing. I mean, you have to sign a waiver, mm. um, which mentions death. Now, you have to sign a waiver if you're going to bungee jump. I accept that. And yeah. People want to go and do risky things. It seems to me, though, they didn't have any backup for there being a problem. And if you don't have another sub that can go down and 
grab the old mini sub and bring yeah. it back up. I mean, the key thing is there, there pretty much aren't subs that can do that because they, well, any with grabbers because because this is this is a depth that they don't most vehicles don't normally go to. Exactly, and I think we need we need to remember that there is always that sort of that part of this is that is the thrill of doing it is the is the knowledge actually that it's risky. If you, it's incredible. It's the same reason that people go up Mount Everest. It's the same reason that once upon a time people went off yeah. into the uncharted parts of the African bush to hunt lions or whatever it is. There is a an urge amongst some people to push boundaries men. to take. I'm going to say. Yep, there we go. I we'll don't say think. It. No, I don't think it's a coincidence that it's five men on board. Well, no, that, that's true. Actually, I'd say it is a sort of a masculine instinct to take risks. Um, but ultimately, and not say that there was any kind of progress that would have been got from that. No, that's that the is thing. how it, human tourism. progress is. No, exactly. Yeah. And I and I love that there are people who will do risky things, mm. and I'm not. And I say, I, I mean, I'm ski at 47 is the riskiest thing I've ever done. Um, <laughs> uh, that and taking my mask off during COVID crazy crazy things that i've done over the years um but i i don't i don't get the appeal of this and mm. i scuba dive um you yeah. know and i've you know i've zip lined down volcanoes i've mm. I, I ski i've sco- I, I mean i've gone inside wrecks you know i've i've i'm cage dive with sharks so i'm not i'm not frit mm. I'm, I'm quite feisty as they go yeah but I, i'm i'm, I'm f- the idea of sitting in a 21 foot um little box going that I mean even like 10 very, feet under the water yeah. but if we even look at some of the pictures of this thing 21 feet is not very big okay? mm. it really isn't very big five grown men sitting cross-legged effectively I couldn't even sit cross-legged for eight hours in my own sitting room yeah. let alone in a box under the sea it's um it's also it's a strange one in terms of risk taking because it's rather passive all of those things you've just just described are actually quite active pursuits yeah. this is even with the danger you can feel the adrenaline this mm. is as you say quite literally very claustrophobic yeah. you can't really move around the other thing that I think ought to be mentioned this is a mass grave that they've gone to visit. It's not actually, Titanic when you wreck. think about it, it's not the sort of thing that I think most people, if you looked at it in that context, would go, oh, yes, that sounds like a good sort of you know, uh, boundary pushing day out. No, it's actually quite a macabre thing when you think I about know. what it I mean, is. I mean, it's the body. I think the bodies it is, have anyway. been recovered. I mean, no, I mean, I think it's it's not bit. so much to do with bodies of it. Nobody's expecting to see you know bodies floating around or anything like that. It's the knowledge that if you're looking at it, what is this thing known for? Death. But hold Lots on a minute. Every time I've scuba dived on a wreck in the Red Sea, I mean, I mean or, or, or I've I've on the Maldives, I, the, I'm 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 doubting people survive many of those boat wrecks either. I'm sorry, I don't. I never even think of that as. I mean, we are talking. But about that is the only thing that people think about when it comes to the Titanic. Yeah, a random wreck in the yeah. Red Sea is one that thing, but that is what historic, this is known historical for. historical event as well. Um, are we being a bit clear? Because at the end of the day, you know, and people, oh, people say, well, if I have that sort of money, these people are crazy, they mm. take these risks. You know, we are talking about five souls. You know, we are talking about five human beings. So, you know, we're not talking about bad people. We're talking about people who um, are lucky enough and brave enough and perhaps foolhardy enough to mm. be in a situation to pay these silly sums to go into this this sub. Um, I, I think I think it's a I think it's a crazy thing for people to have done. But, you know, we, we want to find them alive. That's the key thing. There is a huge operation. I mean, the mm. Coast Guard operation, the private, there is a huge multi-million pound operation to try and rescue these people. Yeah. I think if, please God, these people are found alive, and there's a 19-year-old, I'm sorry, I want these people to be found alive. No yeah. one deserves this. It's no. a horrible, horrible fate if, if they are, are, are... And the worst case scenario is that they are found too late 
to save them in terms mm. of oxygen loss, but they are actually found. Um, but but th there'll be big questions being asked about the lack of safety provision and the risks that were being taken and then the, the fallout risk for everybody else in trying to find them. Yeah, I mean, these questions always come up after yeah. a disaster of this sort of thing. I don't think it's necessarily glib to point to some other aspects, but mm. that is the human story, first yeah, and foremost. Absolutely. Look, banging sounds heard. Um, there is now at least some hope that they may still be alive, but can they be found in time? Uh, in 50 minutes' time, we are looking at um, um, basically 27 hours of, uh, of air left. This is Talk Breakfast. The biggest breaking news stories, an outspoken opinion. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley-Brewer on Talk Radio.